Okay. Last week, uh, we reflected together on the coming of the Holy Spirit. And when you read chapter 2, it can be divided into three. One is the event of the Holy Spirit coming down. And then two uh, is the interpretation of Peter on what happened. And three, the result of the com uh, coming of the Holy Spirit. So we studied both coming of the Holy Spirit and also Peter's interpretation of the, that event. And today we are going to look at a little bit uh, the result uh, that happened when the Holy Spirit came down. It is a, a wonderful community that was built as a result of the Holy Spirit. And so church was given birth. It's a birthday of church. So uh, Pentecost uh, becomes the birthday of the church. It is Jewish festival, but it has become uh, the birthday of the church. So when you look at uh, the early church community, you know, the, when they gathered together, 120 people gathered, very small number of people gathering together and all they did was waited and prayed. And then these 120 people, when you look at it, the miracle of the Holy Spirit is that is not only uh, the wonderful phenomena that they experienced, but the miracle of the Holy Spirit, the coming down of the Holy Spirit was this ideal community was given birth. So it is uh, wonderful that we can see, I mean, it's almost impossible. It is not something that we human beings can do. It is something that only Holy Spirit uh, can make it possible. So I, the X gives us a good information about the early Christians and the early Christian community. What were early Christians like? What they were experiencing, what they are feeling, and what they did. And also the early Christian community, what did they do? So the, uh, the X gives us pretty good information about the the, the earliest community. And I think uh, that is a model for all the church community, for all of us. Because it's earliest, the first community that the Holy Spirit created. And that should be the model for all our community and all of us to uh, follow. But can we follow literally? Uh, that's not something that 
you can uh, discuss uh, together. Uh, so what I want you to do is uh, read to 42 to 47. So maybe we can read that together, Sam. I'll just read this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So when you read uh, this part of the scripture, it gives us, even though uh, only five verses, it gives us pretty good idea of what they did. So I want you to discuss together what do you learn about the early Christians and the early Christian community? Uh, so together we can discuss. And also not everything they did continued on. What does that tell you? So those two questions uh, I want you to uh, reflect on. And now we are entering into chapter three that is healing of the man with the lame, lame man. Uh, and then when you look at chapter three, the structure is exactly same as chapter two. There is event, like a miracle of healing this man, that's an event, and there's interpretation. Peter's interpretation of what happened. In chapter two, uh, two uh, Holy Spirit came down, there was an event, and then Peter is interpreting what that event meant. And today, the crippled man uh, was healed, and then Peter is interpreting what that meant. So it uh, gives us deeper understanding of uh, this healing. So, in your life too. What happened to you is not, is important, but the, what is more important is what do you make out of it? What do you understand that to be? What new insight that gives you? How does it open up your eyes and your understanding of your life and what is going on uh, in your life? So the event and interpretation are uh, deeply connected. And then uh, we call Peter's interpretation kerygma. That's a proclamation. Kerygma, K-E-R-Y-G-M-A. So, and at first people looked at Peter and John. 
So Simon, can you read verse 11 and 12, chapter three? While he clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's portico, utterly astonished. When Peter saw it, he addressed the people, you Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, we had made him walk? Okay. So I want you to discuss together. What does this tell you about the miracle and the integrity of Peter and John. What does this tell you about the miracle and the integrity of Peter and John? And also in your group, maybe deal with this question. What did the man do immediately after he was healed? And what does this tell you about the man and his faith? Hejong uh, beautifully and profoundly uh, reflected on this passage and uh, she raised one of those uh, questions. Did this man have faith? Uh, so I want you to look at what did the man do immediately after he was healed? And what does this tell you about the man and his faith? And lastly, that's a lot of it, eh? <laughs> lastly, when you listen to Peter's message, how would you understand the significance of the miracle? I mean, I assume that you read five times. Peter's message is not really easy and simple to just uh, capture if, But if you have uh, read about five times, uh, there will be certain kind of uh, image uh, that is uh, with you. So uh, when you listen to Peter's message, how would you understand the significance of the miracle? Find out as many as you can. It's not easy to summarize into one. Okay. Is, is everybody here? Okay, so let's uh, uh, tackle on the first question first. Uh, the community, about the community. What do you learn about the community? We had two groups? Yeah. Okay. So each group may share whatever Daniel, you Daniel gave a Daniel gave a really good example of, uh, you know, when he first met Christ. And I think it's very common for a lot of us. When we first met Christ, there's that excitement, fervency, and you just want to go to church and and soak up everything, like read the Bible. And, uh, and even at retreats, there's such air of fellowship and closeness and it's like heaven, right? So it's, yeah. it's probably kind of like something like that. Yeah, definitely. 
very, very uh, emotionally, very strong uh, atmosphere uh, that uh, was there. Yes, uh, they wanted to meet every day, uh, kind of. So it's not because they had to. So it wasn't responsibility or duty. They wanted to meet with each other. You know. Okay, that's good. What else? Edward said it was probably the first real communist community. <laughs> I mean, ideal communism yeah. that is not imposed by human system, yeah. but by their willingness, right? Yeah. First communism, example of uh, ideal com communism that you see. No private property, they all share. Mm. Also partly because uh, they, early Christians, we can kind of uh, project our understanding. The early Christians thought that Jesus was uh, coming back in a matter of days or weeks. They didn't expect that Jesus would not come for 2000 years. They expected uh, that within a year or two at most, uh, Jesus would come back and their private property was not that important to share. Anything else? But about that uh, sharing everything in common, even though uh, the early church community did not continue, that kind of sharing all they have with each other did not continue. When you look at chapter, when you go to chapter five, Ananias and uh, Sapphira already, uh, you, you see uh, that is uh, uh, breaking down that system. So the early Christians could not make that as a system, as a part of the uh, responsibility. So that didn't continue. It just existed. Uh, temporarily for a while and it disappeared. But what can we learn from that though? What they did, sharing everything with each other. Linda, you're muted, I think. Linda, you're muted. Yeah, Simon talked about the essence of mm. that, what happened there, so. Yeah. What is that essence? Essence is, is sharing. Sharing, yes. I think uh, it's a generosity, generous giving. That's still, that spirit still exists even now. I mean, uh, what is the system of offering? Why do we give offering? It comes from uh, that spirit that uh, each person gives generously for the sake of, uh, you know, helping the poor and needy. At that time, especially the orphans and uh, the widows, uh, they, uh, because they cannot uh, survive without uh, somebody's help. So they helped uh, with that. So that kind of spirit is still 
is very much alive right now. So some people give tithing 10%, that, that is their uh, generous giving. Some other people, they uh, do their best uh, in their own uh, limitations. So that giving generously uh, for church is part of our tradition that still uh, goes on. Even though uh, sharing all their property uh, with each other is gone, that spirit still remains. And you share because you care. So That's you, right. Yeah, you, you share. Yeah. Care. yeah. You share not because you have to, you share because you care, yeah. And also it teaches about generosity generally uh, in our lives, not only for the church, but generous giving is a part of Christian living. That's what they showed in the beginning, generously they gave. Uh, Barnabas was a good example. We'll study Barnabas later, but he was a good example. Mm -hmm. uh, so generous giving is uh, what Christians should always keep in mind. Yeah. Okay, what else do you see? What about the other group? We talked about that uh, similar uh, things, the spirit, the generous uh, sharing all that. Uh, and also Misa, you said that we still doing some of the, what they did, right? What was that? Uh, Misa. <laughs> Um, I think I was just mentioning about how they um, still came together um, to learn um, the teachings of yeah. you know, like uh, the Bible of the, that Moksanin teaches us and uh, prayer, getting together, breaking bread, uh, having fellowship yeah. and prayers. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, still uh, continues. And about uh, they devoted themselves, they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching. In other words, when the Holy Spirit came down, they had desire to learn. That's what the Holy Spirit does. When we have the Holy Spirit, we have desire to learn. Uh, without the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, learning uh, the Scripture uh, uh, is not really priority. But when the Holy Spirit comes down uh, on us. Uh, we have this strong desire to want to know, know to want to know about who Jesus is, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean Saint Paul said, "Knowing Christ is the most noble knowledge; uh, everything else is uh, rubbish." Uh, so, in the same way, uh, knowing the Scripture, knowing and understanding Christ, is a very much part of our uh, Christian uh, journey, and that. Uh, early Christian star did that very much. So it was not just a social fellowship. It was very much uh, uh, charismatic uh, fellowship. Uh, and also uh, they say that they, they gathered together and shared everything. And uh, sh the, the share is a koinonia. 
And koinonia is not just after uh, service, you go to a fellowship hall and have coffee and have a fellowship. It's not that kind of uh, uh, koinonia. Koinonia is sharing your material with each other. So like uh, your property, your money and everything. So that koinonia. And also they uh, gather together quite often. Uh, and then they uh, broke bread together. And some uh, people uh, interpret that as communion. But in, in the early church time, the communion and the eating, they were uh, combined together. So whenever they, they didn't do communion uh, separately, ritualistically, they uh, gathered together, ate, and also did the communion. So probably there is a little bit of uh, connotation about breaking bread. So uh, they uh, did that as often as possible, but the, they love to gather together. And then Christian community, I mean, uh, once a week at least uh, you come and then gather together. I, I think that's very important that some people, you know, some churches, uh, some people come only once a year or uh, two, three times a year, only at the Easter or Christmas, but uh, that's not really Christian spirit. Christian spirit is uh, you know, coming to church every Sunday as much as possible. And in addition to that, we have this kind of Bible study, like a Korean uh, spirituality, they adopted that. So they uh, meet on a Sunday and then they uh, meet on Wednesday and they uh, have a, a Sebekido. Uh, some churches have Sebekido every day and we, our church used to have Sebekido every day. And also in, in Canadian church too, Western church too, they always had a Sunday night even evening service. Uh, they don't have it anymore, but they always had evening service, uh, Sunday evening, so things like that. So they gather together. Gathering together is a very important uh, part of our uh, building Christian community. Anything else? Okay, let's move on to uh, the uh, healing. Okay, this man, uh, he was born uh, lame. Uh, so somebody put him there every day. Uh, I don't know whether relatives or friends, whoever it is, because he could not survive. There was no social system. So somebody had to uh, put him there every day and then in the evening pick him up and then take him home. And in the morning and then drop him off there and then he stays there all day. Uh, they, uh, they, he was standing in front of temple because that's uh, where uh, all the most people uh, are come by, walk by. Uh, when you look at street people, uh, some of them are st standing in front of LCBO and uh, we're crowded, you know, with a lot of, uh, so uh, in the same way that they chose a uh, temple uh, because that's uh, uh, most, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, ideal place to uh, get uh, uh, money. So every day he was uh, uh, looking for, uh, the, his only joy is if I get a little bit more, one more coin, then I'm happy. That was his uh, attitude. Oh, today I didn't get enough. Oh, yesterday, but I got more than this. And so the, the, the day after, if he, if he gets more than he gets so happy, it's almost like us. Nothing changes, but if he get little bit more uh, joy, 
then uh, we get, uh, we become happy and things like that. So uh, uh, he uh, was, uh, I mean, uh, Simon, uh, the Peter said, we don't have silver or gold, but what I have, I give to you. What is that he had? What do you think uh, uh, Peter had? He had the Holy Spirit and the ability to heal um, this lame man. Mm. Yeah, th that's true, yeah. But in this particular context, I think what Peter had was Jesus' name. Jesus name mm. and the Jesus name includes uh, power and authority mm. and so Peter gave him Jesus name it's almost like Peter gave him the faith to be able to be healed that is kind of connotation uh, that we see in this passage, I mean, I mean, as soon as he was healed, he uh, went uh, to the temple and praising God. So he already had faith in God, but he didn't know Jesus' name. But Peter gave him the name of Jesus as a gift. So when you look at Peter's sermon, verse sixteen. Simon, can you read that, uh, please? Verse 16. Yep. Um, uh, and by faith in his name, his name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. Don't you think? Um, Peter is saying that. Jesus' name healed him. And then he had faith in Jesus' name. So he received the, the faith as a gift. And as a result, the healing ha happened. So Peter did not have uh, a silver or gold, but he had name of Jesus. And that is uh, kind of uh, implied uh, there. And uh, what does it tell you about the miracle? Peter is saying that, why do you look at me? Uh, do you think I have the power or do I have even piety, holiness that makes this kind of uh, miracle possible? I don't have any of those. Peter is saying that. So what is saying that by saying that? Well, Simon mentioned um, what he learned from TBS about um, the finger that points at the at the well, the sign that is a finger that points to to Jesus or 
to God, right? So that's what I'm thinking. But he is not, he is not the, he's not the person with the power, but he's pointing at Jesus, who is, who is the source of power. Mm. So in other words, it, it was not up to Peter. The miracle happened purely by the freedom of the Holy Spirit. And it tells us a lot about miracle. I mean, we cannot create miracles. We cannot even demand the miracles. We can pray as much as we want, but Holy Spirit decides when to heal, when not to heal, when to show the power, when not to show the power. And amazingly, Peter and John, this amazing miracle happened, but I mean, it's a very vulnerable situation for the people there. Whatever Peter said, they would say, wow, yes, I believe. They would have really made themselves great and big, but they didn't do that. Why do you look at me? I didn't do anything. I don't even have a piety that made this possible. It's only Holy Spirit who made it possible. That attitude is an attitude that we, should, we all should have. We'll pray for people who are sick, but it's ultimately the Spirit, God, who will heal them according to uh, his will. It's not us. It's not up to us. Osanim, yeah. are, are there events in the Bible where miracle healing kind of thing happened to people who didn't believe? I ask that question because this, this lame man in front of the church, in front of a temple, sitting there year and year and being born that, that way, uh, I would have difficulty believing in a God for if I was that person. And then he says, and his name, through faith in his name, mm. somehow in, in that moment, the name of Jesus just healed them with his faith, how, how faith just happened. I mean, and you said, you think he always had faith in God as he just sat there and begging for money outside of the temple? I think... Uh, he had basic faith in God. Uh, that's why as soon as he was healed, instead of uh, running to his family or uh, running to his friends, he went to the temple praising God. So he went to the temple. In other words, it, it tells us that he always wanted to go into the temple. But because he's uh, the, the lame and lame is supposed to be unclean, and they are not supposed to be able to enter into like a blind, lame, and uh, uh, the, these people are lepers. They cannot enter into the temple uh, because they were considered as unclean. But now that he is clean and he is uh, healed, uh, he was able to enter into the temple. So probably he was sitting there every day uh, asking for money from people, but at the same time, giving up his, his heart. I really want to go into that temple as everybody else was going into and then uh, freely worship God. And I wanted to do that too. But at that moment, uh, not only uh, faith in God, but uh, Peter said, in the name of Jesus, uh, rise and walk. So that moment, the faith was given to him. The name was given to him. 
uh, somehow. And I asked the question, you know, as a colleague, as friends in my school, when somebody's sick, I would say things like, you know, I'm going to be praying for you. And mm -hmm. he's not a God-believing person, but I still believe that God could still heal him too, whether he has faith or not. I mean, the, the scripture, there is a reference that uh, the uh, mother uh, pray, uh, asking for the prayer, uh, asking for the healing of a, uh, her son. But son did not have uh, necessarily faith, but she had faith in uh, Jesus. So you, your faith also can heal uh, the boy. So it's not necessarily his faith is directly needed to be healed in that way. But um, according to Peter, is the name of Jesus itself faith? I, I don't think it is, a, so it's all, it's, I mean, the, the, you know, that's a, a Dracula movie and, and all that stuff, you know, name of Jesus. And then it's, a, it's almost like a chant or uh, what do you call that? Uh, that, that saying. Huh? In English, what do you call that? That, not quote, but. You, a spell? Yeah, spell. It's not like a spell where you know name of Jesus and then uh, you get healed and then uh, Satan uh, gets cast out. It's not uh, like that, but that name of Jesus at the moment, the fate uh, moment happened somehow. The name of Jesus had carried the power and authority of Jesus. I'm just just to kind of share nowadays. A lot of scary movies when people say that the evil people say you don't have faith and they get killed. I just want to share <laughs> that with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, good point. So you understand about miracle that it's not just because miracle doesn't happen, uh, you're not supposed to get disappointed. Uh, you entrust uh, this uh, work of the spirit and the spirit will uh, do it according to uh, his will. And finally, uh, how would you connect uh, this miracle story uh, with the, uh, the, the Peter's message? I mean, uh, Lily, you said about uh, the finger that points to the moon. What is important is not the finger. Uh, what is important is the moon. Uh, and that's why uh, miracle, uh, especially Gospel John, the word miracle uh, is dunamis. But John did not use dunamis. John used simeon. Simeon meaning sign. Dunamis is a miracle, but simeon is a sign. In other words, it is pointing to something. Then this miracle what Peter is doing is he's uh, letting people's attention uh, to something else, not just the miracle. And what is pointing to? That is uh, all included in Peter's message. That's the essence of what's happening right now.
Any idea? Uh, probably you didn't have enough time to share it, to, to deal with this question, right? It's amazing. Well, one thing he's doing, he's, he's using the miracle to, as a, a way of um, to reinterpreting their whole faith tradition in light yeah. of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Kind of amazing, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in a, I mean, for us in church, we've heard this kind of thing so much. So it doesn't sound new, but for yeah. it was unheard of this kind of interpretation. Yeah. Of their faith tradition. And how did Peter get that kind of insight and wisdom? Right at the moment, he was quoting Abraham and uh, you know Samuel and uh, this time uh, not David but Moses. Uh, the Moses. Uh, the prophet like me is like a messianic prophet. Is a, uh, Moses talked about the prophet. That's why when uh, Jesus asked in uh, Caesarea, when Jesus asked, uh, asked uh, who do people say that I am? And then people say, oh, Elijah, John the Baptist, or uh, the prophet. That is the prophet like Moses. He's using all these things. And also, uh, Hejang was asking about uh, time of refreshing and then uh, time of restoration is very much uh, uh, the uh, messianic age, messianic. Uh, uh, he sees this as a messianic uh, age, fulfillment of messianic age. So it's not just a, a miracle of uh, a lame becoming healed, but it's almost like a time for the messian, uh, the fulfillment of messianic age. So uh, Simon, if you could look uh, look uh, uh, for Isaiah chapter 35 and six, that's a messianic passage. Uh, yeah, sorry, what, Isaiah? 35. Yeah, 35. Six. six. Can you read that for everyone, please? Sure. The, uh, then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy, for waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Yeah, when the messianic age comes, these kind of things will happen. And so uh, uh, P uh, Peter is saying that uh, this man's uh, walking is like Isaiah's a prophecy being fulfilled. Lame will walk like deer. That's why the uh, the, the, the the kind of exp uh, the the expression was like he was leaping and jumping, right, like deer. And also he connects that with Jesus' death and resurrection. What they did to Jesus. So Jesus' death and resurrection, that event is still alive. Uh, Peter is connecting this miracle with uh, the death and uh, uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is a key always. Even in the Pentecostal uh, uh, event, uh, the resurrection of Jesus was key. Even here, resurrection of uh, Jesus is a key passage. And he connects that. And almost like resurrection of Jesus released the power of the spirit. And then all these things are happening. 
So that's why I find it's amazing because, you know, with Paul, he was a very educated man, right? Yeah. So I could see that, you know, through his years of studies, you know, um, Old Testament, he was able to interpret Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, what happened with Jesus. But then Peter, wasn't he a fisherman? Like, did he even he have any education? Yeah. Right? So I don't, yeah. like, so is it the work of the Holy Spirit that he was revealed? All the secrets of? I mean, he was uh, the, the uh, also disciple, follower. Uh, right of uh, John yeah, the Baptist. Three years old. So, I don't think so, you could learn all that. In no, no, years. not not just Jesus, but even before oh, okay. he was not just a fisherman, but he was disciple of uh, John the Baptist, and uh -huh. so the, these were followers uh, of the truth. So they knew Old Testament scripture already, but somehow Holy Spirit helped him to uh, 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 somehow put together to understand. Inside. Uh, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, inside. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so can we also be like Peter if, um, after doing all the Bible study, mm -hmm. have revelations, I'm, insights? <laughs> I'm sure uh, that uh, you will be surprised at yourself yeah. when right moment comes, and what comes out of your mouth it will be very amazing. Yeah. I experienced several times. And, I didn't even know that I had that. Mm -hmm. I, th I think when we are uh, uh, immersed in uh, the stories of the Bible, uh, I mean, that's what Peter and people like that, I mean, they had these uh, stories and scriptures kind of, kind of ingrained in them in some ways. And then when the Holy Spirit came on them, it's all these like uh, things they were able to, use that as um, material to reinterpret uh, what had happened, right? And I think that's true in our life too. That, I, that happens now all the time, um, uh, individually for me personally, uh, but as well beyond. Like, for example, our church, uh, you know, when we hit the pandemic, it was just, um, it was challenging, but there are so many biblical stories that uh, was able to give me a frame to interpret, you know, um, metaphors like wilderness, uh, uh, you know, exile, you know, um, uh, and restoration. And for example, Moses and the, the Israelites in the wilderness, what that time meant for them, a time to really forge who they were and learn how to be people of God, all that kind of stuff. You know, while we're away from church, you know, this is the time for us to get further into the word. And I don't know, just, so I think, um, uh, the Holy Spirit gives us that ability then to uh, uh, reinterpret things so that we can interpret what's happening now. And I'm sure, Lily, that the, 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 from, what, from what I've known of you through Bible study and things, I'm sure you've said things to friends or people. And they've said things like, I really needed to hear that. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. And why can't, yeah. that, be, why can't that be God? You know? Yeah, true. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. I mean, just write words the spirit will give you to speak. And then that will heal people and restore people. You know, when immigrants uh, suffer so much here without really knowing, I mean, they knew the scripture, but they didn't know how to connect that. And but so they you know, work and work and work. Uh, the, the, the early in the morning until 11 o'clock at night and then their life was miserable sometimes and all that. And then, you know, the, 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 these, uh, the, the scripture was given. Abram was an immigrant too. 
Jesus was immigrant too. And this all immigrant understanding of the scripture really helped us uh, tremendously. And black people, when they uh, uh, struggled through uh, all these uh, uh, difficulties, and there were some uh, the great people who gave right uh, words, like uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., dream speech and all that stuff. And when you look at our church community, uh, our church's uh, the theme, uh, first is a prophetic community, the learning the word of God. And then two is inclusive community, first generation, second generation coexisting together with one heart. And uh, the, the compassionate community, uh, taking care of the weak and vulnerable, being solidarity with, with weak and vulnerable and spiritual community, gathering together, worship and praying. All of them are from the early church community. That's what the early church uh, community did. And then we are uh, still having that as a theme of our church. Okay, anything else uh, you wanna add? Good. Hopefully this kind of Bible study helps you and prepares you and equips you and then uh, fill you with the spirit so that you can go out into the ministry. May the spirit give you the word uh, to the kerygma, to proclaim, to share. Okay, next week is chapter four. Uh, please uh, read uh, five times. If you don't read it, uh, this Bible study will not uh, make much sense. So uh, we need to delve into it, into depth uh, of the scripture. So uh, read chapter four and we'll come back and then study together. Format will be the same. As Hejang uh, kindly shared her thought, I want all, I wanna encourage all of you to share your thoughts. Don't think that, oh, this is uh, kind of too shallow or too light or it doesn't matter. You, we don't need, uh, we, are, we, are, we are not trying to prove that we are deep and profound. We just wanna share our thoughts uh, with each other. So please do that. Chapter four of Acts, okay? So let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful community where we gather together, share our ideas, our understanding. We thank you for the spirit to be able to see through what's written in the scripture. May your word convict us and strengthen us. May your name empower us, release us from all the darkness and free us and then renew us. May your spirit continuously guide this community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.